0: Learn more at Marines.com. Rick Gracie
1: here with the Canopy Group Facts. The Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive agent writes in three years. How's that possible? We'll share some other facts to make you understand. Fact two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Fact three. The Canopy Group offers annual policies, not six-month policies, that leave you at risk for two premium increases per year. Fact four, the Canopy Group offers one deductible at claim time, not two, three, four, even more. Fact five, the Canopy Group will shop your home and auto insurance with their 16 companies every year. Captive insurance agencies can't do that because they only have one company. Now that you have the facts, it's time to get options. Call 800 967 3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. Always fun, crazy, it's painful, but it's wonderful. What is the name? It's Roycey Unchained.
0: You know, Patrick, I've decided it's a lot more fun to go to the ballpark when <coughs> Rocco puts Byron Buxton's yes, name on the line- lineup card. Yes,
1: yes, it is. Uh, I was home watching uh, one of the great swings in the Twins' 62-year history. That that pitch being up in 97, 98, and uh, being right on time with that uh, was, you know, obviously that's where they were trying to get him out earlier in the game, struck him out three times. And then a little breaking ball away, he hit that to right field, hit that out, and then this thing was, I read that in the stat cast era, mm-hmm. longest walk-off yet, 469. It yes. was unbelievable. That said, mm-hmm. this attempt to make Buxton, a the, there's some idiot who keeps wanting to get me in this debate, that Buxton's better than Puckett. Okay. Let me start with this. I just did the number. The last five years, counting this year, Puck has now played 225 of 561 games. 225—that counts the game he left in Boston, right after one thing. 225 of 561. He's played 40 percent of the games. From 85 to uh, 93, Puck averaged 157 games, and then the next year, they—the season got shut down, and I think he played 108 out on of 111. So. Then he got, a, he got hurt for really the first time in his career in 95. That said, fuck, this warrior comes fighting back after missing only five games with a tingle, right? Yes. He had a tingle. Tingle. He only missed five games. Just think of how many games, you know, the rest of them would have missed if they had a tingle. Tingles are dangerous. And that puck... That Puck at the slacker, he shut her down when he went blind and only one eye. Why didn't he play? You don't need both eyes to hit, do you? How many games do you think Buck would miss if he went blind? He'd be right back out there the next day, don't you
2: think?
0: (laughs) I love the the fact that someone's trying to drag you into that Debate. debate. So I came back and said,
1: I'm sorry, I don't have time for this because I'm trying to decide whether Bundy or Blylevin is the greatest right handed starter (laughs) in twins history, you know, and somebody, I think he responded seriously on Twitter to that. But anyway, that said, who has been saying for five years or three years, at least, and you've been along that the twins are 20% better when he plays and all the stats they come up with show that the, the, whether your stats or not, I'm saying this with, My eyeballs, right? I'm saying this when he plays, (laughs) your defense is 20% better, your pitching is 20% better, and your hitting is 20% better. And I said defense and I apologize. Your fielding is 20% better. God, did you Uh, feel that? Your pitching is 20% better, and your uh, hitting is is 20% better. And maybe (laughs) a little, right now, probably a little higher than 20%. What is interesting is. What, what an example this guy is, how hard this game is mm-hmm. to get to your zenith. Because look mm-hmm. back, there's a year there where he hit 150. He didn't play a lot, but he hit 150. They had to send him back to the minors. And he was about 24 then, right? 23, 24, 23. Yep. He was completely inept. And he had every moron on the team and every moron who came in to visit him. And we need the leg kick. We need the timing. I said, what we need is when they throw you a (laughs) down-the-shoot fastball on strike one, not to take it. To hit it. Right. Because that's the best pitch you're going to get. Right. Because the next time, the next fastball is going to be a little bit away and you're going to follow it back. And then they're going to throw one in the other's batter's box mm-hmm. and you're going to swing at cuz you're an immature hitter. But the fact that he once once he told everybody to shut up, I'm going to swing hard and take my chances like I did to be the number 2 overall draft or number 2 overall draft choice. That's when he started hitting, right? That's when he started hitting that You know, the first pitch, if it's, if it's, he he doesn't automatically, well, they don't, they don't throw him that cookie fastball anymore on strike one because they know he's not going to take it. Right. So they go to work on him. But it is amazing that it took him until he's 28 and a half now. It took him until 27 to catch it up, catch up with it, figure it out. And I think also, don't you, those three at-bats that he had to start the game when he struck out would have oh, God. ruined him completely. Would he have been would, over. He would, he would have been hopeless. They might have pinch hit for him. Yeah. Back in he would have been hopeless. He went up and hit two home runs. He doesn't let that stuff bother him anymore. It's maturity emotionally. Yes. But it's also maturity of get out of my head. I'll take care of this. You know, don't talk to me.
0: Yeah. You know? He got really good, finally. When he got the confidence to tell people to buzz off. Yep. You'd have, you'd have, and you could see that like from, from the time that his last bad year came to an end Mm. to spring training the next year, when he said, and went down all worked all winter and went back to what he used to do and said, I'm, we're now going to do this my way. Yes. Right. Which, which, you know, in baseball, it's funny because I think that's a major problem. I think a ton of people are going to tell you with their, with their charts and everything else, what you should do. And he finally mm-hmm. said, bleep off. Yes. But he was also being not only screwed up
1: by the new wave of generation of, mm-hmm. you know, study everything with and, uh interestingly, is totally into all that stuff. But he was also the old school Okay, we'll find one little timing mechanism or something. Uh, the, the So he had to deal with both administrations, right? Yes. He yep. had to deal with the, the first administration that had tried to fix him with leg kicks and stuff. And it really took the Falvey crew about three years to get into completely new age stuff. So the first half of his career, it was... You know, let's find that little thing that'll make you click. What's interesting is and I talked to Molitor about this a few times. Molitor, the greatest first pitch fastball hitter I ever saw in my life, could never get him to be that aggressive because I think he had other mm-hmm. I think he had other people and there were people in the organization at the time who thought Joe Maurer's way to hit was the way to hit. Get getting a hitter's count and uh you know, the hitter's count is a zero zero fastball right down the pipe, right? Yes. That's your hitter's count. So, yes. So, I mean that ball yesterday was incredible and uh and that swing was incredible and the idea that he was capable of something like that 4 years ago is uh is uh, amazing because the catch up to the ball up there is uh you know, was was phenomenal. The, the op- you, uh, Liam Hendricks, I can guarantee you, is the most shocked man in America. I think he hurt his neck flipping around
0: to see what happened. The oppo so. shot was really impressive, yes, too. Yes, On that he day.
1: Because that's the pitch he used to chase. Well, and
0: you're strong as hell.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. Like that thing was- got out.
1: Was the wind coming in? Yeah, and I mean, It was it, a south wind at least on Saturday? No,
0: that was that was a that was a shot mm-hmm. to get out of the yeah, ballpark. It, it, I did. mean, that guy is now strong as an ox. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Again,
1: with very little help from the twins. I think. I think it, he goes home in the offseason. He doesn't work out with twins people. Mm-hmm. He got his own guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He gets a little stronger. He gets a little confident, and uh, you know. If he can play, but it's still a big if, because none of us is going to be surprised if he runs over a base and
0: misses a week or something. You know, As long as he is on the active roster and not deemed to have to go on yes. the I.L., if he needs a day off here and there, sure. tweak something, I'm cool with that. But let's not let's not introduce more days off than are necessary because yes. because what you said is a thousand percent correct, mm-hmm. which is when he plays, they got a chance. Yeah. When, and, and when he doesn't, they're OK. at best. And neither side will ever admit it. But Rocco
1: said on Friday when he didn't play after D.H. and Thursday, they have a plan. I would one hundred percent guarantee you that after he played the whole game on Saturday, that the plan was not to play him, and he said, "No, I'm playing." I believe that. I would believe it was because you know damn well they we were it. gonna, you know, they were gonna slide him back in there, and
0: he finally said, "Enough, I'm gonna play." So that's my theory, anyway. I do think he's tough. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think this is ever him saying something hurts i'd like not to play i don't think that not I now i don't think he says yeah i i don't know. i don't think he goes in and says my knee hurts i need 5 days off no 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 but uh
1: when you are as dramatic as he was on the slide the clumsy slide yeah uh I, i'm not sure i think he did last year let me run this i thought he took year. an extra week at least to come back from everything he did but Maybe not, not I, that he's got his money, I'm sure that he doesn't mind playing,
0: I think he's an emotional dude, yeah, so I think he get I think it hurt, he's pissed off, suppressed emotion, yeah, but i mean when when it comes out, it comes out, yeah, my point being is he gets hurt in Boston next day, yes. take it off. I don't give a damn. you don't need to give him when when you don't play him, you are taking away a chance to win, and i I don't buy into this, well, who cares about April games, yes. Well, last year they cared a lot
1: because they never recovered. Correct, but uh, yeah, I here is I. I just don't get
0: clean MRI. I feel great after two days. Why does he miss three more games? Well, and what I told Mackie today on the show was this: the next time that this takes place, and with Rocco, it will. Mm-hmm. I think the reporters need to go to Buck and say, "Did you ask out?" Yeah. And if he says no, I can play. Mm -hmm. That becomes the story. Yes, of course.
1: You've been in the clubhouse lately. Good luck. You could shoot a machine gun off in there, and nobody's there.
0: Home clubhouse after games, Buck. Maybe after games, I haven't been there. He usually comes in. I'm just asking one question. Yeah, did you ask not to play? Yeah.
1: Why are you not? Why are you not
0: playing? He'll tell you. Yeah, if he's
1: unhappy about something, he'll tell you. Yeah. But uh, hey, first place, baby. Oh, good. Wasn't this going to be the improved Central? Oh, my God. I was saying this earlier, though. The the White Sox have had the bad vibe since spring training. And teams like yes. that. Seasons get vibes. Yep. Lynn gets hurt. That left-handed pitcher was good. Crochet. Yep. Crochet. Yeah, they shut him down for the year. They got another pitcher hurt. Moncota Mon- gets hurt right away at the start of the season. They got hamburger playing third base or some damn thing and they just now (laughs) Eloy is going to miss six weeks
0: yeah and that's not going to be good for a month no
1: no. so uh you know it's just one of those years that things aren't oh Gialito was out for what um two weeks at least right Mm -hmm. so he made the opening day start and then yesterday was the first time he'd pitched again Mm -hmm. just they've got the bad vibe and with them having the bad vibe all these teams are the same Cleveland, who I was thinking, ah, they get good pitching. They're pretty good. They just went and got swept by the Yankees, so um and Miles Straw almost got killed with beer cans
0: and stuff. Can so I run then. a thought past you? And I understand fans shouldn't throw things in beer, especially. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine if Miles Strome was in straw, the old straw, yeah. What yeah, straw, sorry. was in the old Yankee Stadium. <laughs> 1976, that,
1: that right field. Yeah.
0: And tried to scale that thing. Yeah. To they would have. Yes. He would not have lived. My
1: brother-in-law, a, a, a gentleman, you know, before they, I think this was one of the world series. I think it was the old park before they redid before they redid it.
0: Right. In the seventies. Okay. Yep. No, no. But
1: this place has only been there. What? 10 years. Eight yeah. years. Eight years.
0: I mean no, So I, it was how long? About oh nine or so.
1: Okay. It was it was before that in one of those World Series, I think in the late nineties. And he got a ticket for the World Series game to sit in right field. Oh god. <laughs> he could only take seven any he, he said it was the greatest time of his life, but he could only take <laughs> seven. They made him move like nine times to get their buddies in there. And, no, you this is my ticket. No, you're sitting over yep. there and uh, you know, they're Yep. They're moving them around. Yep. There's there's a few guys out there that are the commanders and uh and they it just
0: they quit just, serving beer out in right field at some point. Mm-hmm. I went to a game with David Channon, who we, we both yeah. w- worked with at the strip, in ninety eight. Okay. And I made the mistake. I had no idea. This was one of the stupidest things I ever did. I made the mistake of wearing an Orioles hat Mm -hmm. and they were playing Kansas city. You were not even, these people were harassing me to the point of where one finally, (laughs) one of the guys finally very quietly came to, to me and said, are you okay? (laughs) I said, yeah, just take the hat.
1: Yes. Well, I've told the story a hundred times of uh, one of the series. Well, it was the brave series when they got it, uh, when the Braves came into Yankee Stadium, won the first two, and then lost the next four. So that was 96, was it? 96, 95 or 6. Yeah. Mid- that really good Braves team. And, 96, I think. And they got it. Somebody stuck it to him on day one, and then Maddox on day two, on game two on Sunday night. And we they had the auxiliary box in the lower deck like behind third base instead of down in the left field corner where they moved it lady. So we were amongst them. We were like, you had your, maybe you had maybe 15 rows of fans. And then we were taking up a sec, a couple of sections with maybe eight, nine rows. Right. And so it's halfway through the second game and they can't get a run. They can't do anything with Maddock in and out. In and out, Maddox, and uh, some guy turns around and says, "It's these bleeping medias. These medias have screwed up the aura of Yankee Stadium. Let's kick the oh, you know no. bleep out of them. Let's let's you know let's they're going to come and beat the crap out of us because we've ruined the aura." And this skinny twenty-year-old Italian. Security person, girl, woman comes up and she sees me looking around. She says, "That's all right, big fella. I'll take care of you." <laughs> says, you know <laughs> that, that New York attitude. Yep. You know that's a you know a tough, a tough oh, Italian God. girl from Queens. She was, and she probably would have too. Yeah, she she yeah, probably going yeah, to kick she, some ass. Yeah, it was, but it was unbelievable. And I knew that was going to be a bad night. When I went to the boys' room that was back up behind on the top of the first deck, an hour before kickoff, and they were already urinating in the sinks. Oh, goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, the old stadium in was a six, freak show. It was cool. I loved it. In but, the sinks. I thought, okay, fifth inning, you, yeah, no. you're full of beer. We shouldn't be peeing in the six pregame for God's sakes. It was it was amazing. Oh, the
0: old building was oh, oh God. I loved it. Yeah.
1: Oh, it was amazing. It was
0: <laughs> yes. it was a circus show every single night, I thought. Do you
1: know I've been at it so long that my first two years on the twins beat were the two years that they were ripping down the original. So I never got to see oh, the original. Okay. Seventy four and five. Yep. They played at Shea, and uh, so I didn't get to see the original, but I did get the Twins opened the new one, which is now the old (laughs) one, in 76, Okay, and that's when they had the hour-long pregame ceremony with the widows of Lewis, and no, no, uh, Jack Dempsey was still alive, I think, maybe. But Joe Lewis's widow and Jack Dempsey and the Garrig and Ruth widows and Red Grange and, you know, all the guys that boxed and played football in there. It was the damnedest. Really? It was the damnedest opening ceremony I ever saw because nobody can do ceremonies like the Yankees. You right. know? So, yeah, right. uh, it was uh, – and then DiMaggio, who always had to be the greatest uh, living, the world's greatest living player, Bob and Bob Shepard is doing the announcements too, so he could give you the no screaming, you know, no, no, there no, just, no, worries,
0: no. Just, let's go Yankees,
1: just a very dramatic reading oh, of great pipes. Of, it was greatest, and he was funnier than hell because he would always be packed up. With two outs in the ninth, because he wanted to beat traffic right they had a spot there because beating traffic is, is is a is a knack in New York that's a, and especially that place because if you don't get on the bridge, you can be there two hours uh but he'd be packed up and somebody and he'd have his stuff because he didn't do the the Scoreboard, you know, they'd started playing the song if they won. And uh, right. he didn't do the totals on the board or correct or anything like that. He was ready to go. But the guy would pop not pop up, not pop up, get a single or something or walk. He'd go sit down again, announce for the Yankees, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> then, then he'd get up, he'd be ready to go again. Then the guy, uh, for, you know, for the Yankees. Mickey River center field. Then he goes up again. And if that if that guy popped up, by the time somebody caught it, he was in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no idea. Because That's great. There was press. There, the elevator oh. wasn't at the back of the press box. You had to walk a hundred feet, uh, maybe eighty feet down the hall, and get into the elevators to go downstairs. So he'd be ready to go, baby. I had no idea. Yeah.
0: That's oh yeah, well, yeah great pipes. Well, he was
1: a English professor from...
0: He did Giants football, too, right? Yes, he didn't he did. not he do yeah. Giants for a yeah. long
1: He was a professor of communication or, right. linguists or linguistics or something.
0: You're right. He didn't yell like no. now. No.
1: It was, uh, hell, the first year, first couple of years I was there, he wasn't working anymore, but John Drebinger would show up from the New York Times. He covered the Babe. Wow. John was, you know, he was their beat. He was their baseball writer for forty years or something. Right. He'd be there and, and having a table, and Shepard would be talking to him, and he'd he'd come to five innings and then take off and go back. But uh, yeah, that old place was something. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that old place was. They had, they had a little, the uh, uh, the the place to work was this kind of auxiliary lunch room that they'd have that. That uh, next to the they after the game the press conference would be in the in the cafe, cafeteria dining room, huh? but next to it was this. But they turned this thing into a big workroom. Those New York guys, man, they could do some cursing at each other, and you know, you know And be yelling at the day that was it was hand to hand combat then and then there was some some nights there was about five payphones in there and if they were having to call in a quote you know rather than send it in on a computer (laughs) it
0: was it was great and that that was what the Times the Post the Daily News Newsday Newsday. there were probably more the other the
1: Herald Tribune was gone by then but okay uh, yeah but there was one time there was the Daily Mirror there was seven or eight of them I think when I the first year I went was uh first year I went to the series was 81 Dodgers. You know, they blew the they won the first two in Yankee Stadium and lost the next four. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was when Dave Winfield got the death threats in the New York Post. And it was it was a real battle between the news and the post to decide which one could terrify the people going to Yankee Stadium for game 6 the most you know the post won because the <laughs> the front the front of the paper I've said this says yanks death threats big black letters just yanks death threats and <laughs> Because Winfield had the death threat, but then they found one for Rick Cerrone, too. Why? I don't know. But And then that, when he turned it to the back cover, you know, the back cover was yeah. where sports lived yeah. most of the time. Yeah.
0: Fear Grip Stadium.
1: Fear Grip Stadium. It was the greatest.
0: It was no the one could beat the Post. No. <laughs> no. It's no. still, to this day, it's great.
1: Well, their best paid people had to be the Hammerhead right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they had to have about three of these guys who would... You had to sell papers that people they you know they had like seven editions a day and they'd take them to the trains and you had to have headlines that would sell mm-hmm. papers to the commuters you know on the because they had the daily they had all the options but the like you were at Grand Central the Times stack just sat there because it was either the Post or the Daily News right you know? right yeah sometimes Newsday went tabloid later too but the Newsday never really went all in on. Tabloid, which was, you know, what crime can we, what can we, uh,
0: how can we this? scare people? Yes, the absolute into most. Buy my pay,
1: into buying, I've
0: always my pay pay. said my greatest regret in this town is we never had one. Oh yeah, and now it's far too late. Yes, it is. But I always thought it would have been fun if the Pioneer Press had decided screw up yeah, we're the going tabloid, it, we're going for crime. Well, I always said
1: I would have, if I was the editor, if I had. Fifteen news side reporters, eight of them would be on crime. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, eight of them would be covered crime. You know, yes, because we try to the local newspapers have under tried to underplay that angle not not only since George Floyd but before it. Right. So so. anyhow, uh, the uh, now that we've got Buck taken care of. That uh, that was an amazing effort by our Timberwolves after an amazing effort. That was fun. Previous game. Cause, that arena was fun. Because I did not imagine them showing up. Did you? I didn't know what to expect. No. I had I no mean, idea. they had to be encouraged early. Here's what I want to know. Are the Memphis Papers and the media killing Jama Rats? That's,
0: I have no idea, but I'm guessing they are. You think so? That, I wonder if there is was performance wasn't too great. Well, he hasn't I mean he, he was
1: he hasn't been good really. He doesn't make shots. Right. But the first game
0: He got to the when they beat over. him,
1: he lived inside the the defense as as Finch said. But they figured some stuff out. They've stayed I think Beverly's done a good job on him and and other guys. They've slapped the ball away from him a lot. But they've realized that that's where they got to stop him, But to do that, then they have to let the other guy make three pointers and hope he doesn't, you know, hope he has a lousy game. That Bane. Games. That's Ooh, what I mean. Yeah. Bane can shoot. He can shoot. But, um, Hey, good for them. They came back and shut us all up because as we talked about Friday, that thing Thursday was one of the worst yeah. efforts in the history of Minnesota sports to blow those two leads. Uh-huh. So I didn't, I Modern athletes are funny, though. This generation of athletes are funny. They shrug that stuff off more than any previous athletes, don't you? I think they, hey, we all get worried about, oh, how are they going to recover from this, blah, blah, blah. And they, yeah, what the hell? Well, they're, in it, they're in it for themselves, and they just, you know. Which
0: cat do we get now, though?
1: Well, I blame... For that play-in game, I blame Cat. And for the game three, I blame him to a degree, but I blame Finch a lot too. For
0: not getting the ball to, more? You have to figure out something yep. to get him the ball. But doesn't he got to, at some point in that game, say, i got to have the damn ball? Yeah, you're right. He You'd just likes to pouting. see that. But... Drives me crazy.
1: Well, you know, when there was. 26 and 25-point leads, what they were doing was working, you know, right? Yeah. So he didn't He didn't have to take shots. I mean, he was. But when it starts to go south. Yes. Don't yes, you got to yes. say, hey, gentlemen. When it starts to go south, the coach has got to become involved, right? Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, yeah I don't you're right. That. But here's, here, I'll tell you what cat's going to show up. Are they going to call three fouls on him in the first quarter? He didn't change his game. They just decided not to call the fouls on him in the first quarter, right? Yeah.
0: Yes. That's I mean, probably large. Then the next show. game,
1: they might decide to call the fouls on him instead
0: of the other guy. An NBA officiating in the playoffs, I don't get. No, and, and I'm not defending the Wolves, and I I know that the Grizzlies were ticked off after Game Four, mm-hmm. but there is no rhyme or reason to the consistency. No. I,
1: I heard Monty Williams last night who yep. came in, accepted the defeat, and then said they shot forty two free throws and we shot seventeen. Hmm. He said and it's not that we don't go to the basket. So you know, these it is uh it's it's not like hockey where they keep the Jerry Olson used to say they kept the marbles in the pocket to just <laughs> straighten out the the penalties, you know, to keep them even. It's not like, uh, uh, you know, the NBA is. The NBA has become such a game that allows physical play. Mm-hmm. That then, then it becomes complete object. It it's it's not a it's not an objective thing. It's a subjective thing. You know, it's like, yes. okay, are we going to call that tonight? Or are we going to let them beat the crap out of each other? Uh, yeah, it's uh, – I, I think it's become virtually impossible to play, to to officiate. And the other night, people were complaining like, hell, game three, there were – or was a game – which one had 56 fouls in it, which, whichever one. But that game – at game three, you had to call blow the whistle because that thing could have turned into punches being thrown. That thing was just what, wild.
0: What I didn't get about game four was early on, it felt like they were calling everything, mm-hmm. including offensive fouls, right and yeah. left. And then they sort of went away from that. And then I just, I don't know what the cons. I don't. There's no. There's no point. I got to that game and thought to myself, I now know what a foul is. No. Old people do, like me,
1: complain about there's no traveling, but they complain about. I didn't mind when a guy shuffled his feet up out high. I've never been I was traveling. But the Eurostep oh, has Shane. become the double Eurostep. Yes. That you know, that that's a bunch of crap. They should not be allowed to run. They should not be allowed to run. Because they you can go to the you can go to the free throw line on a drive and take one dribble
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Four steps, and they'll give you the basket. You get you get two steps now. It's not the Euro step. It's There's two steps. There's yeah. some ungodly, ungodly footwork allowed that's uh, ridiculous. It, you
0: know? it feels like they call travels. If you fumble the ball a little bit yourself or you don't have a decisive action with it. But if you seem like you know what you're doing, they let you walk.
1: Yeah, yeah. The, the little running thing
0: is... Like, if you if you have the ball in your possession, like a football, mm-hmm. they're not going to call it. If you fumble it a little bit, but I just, I don't know, there's just no consistency. No. That's my only problem. And again, I'm not saying that the, the Wolves are not being screwed. It just goes both ways. No. I don't know what the consistency yeah, now is. Now in
1: Memphis, they're convinced that... Uh... So they've gotten the shorthand. And well,
0: and what's understand. a foul on Ja? That's Michael. Like I want to know what's what's considered. And this little guy. I mean, this guy goes into the paint, he constantly. runs into people. Yeah. So is that a foul? Because sometimes it is. Yeah. When he gets knocked. he well he's he's in there looking for
1: fouls. Yeah, you know, he's in there looking to. I mean he he's a diver. He's mm-hmm. no he's a he's a flopper, but. When he's got the ball, not when he's trying to take
0: charges and stuff like that. Yeah, he wants to get hit and go to the floor. I really think, though,
1: they need a much stronger mechanism to stop the bitching after every play. Oh, yeah. You can't just keep calling technicals, but there has to be some. Yes. There has to be something because they they really make it for a lot of Basketball, not purists but traditionalists, they make it unwatchable with the with the constant complaints about every call. Plus, <laughs> plus you got the crowd right here. This this is the these are the most dangerous arenas in sports because tell me about People it. are on
0: top of the
2: mm-hmm.
1: action, right? They All they got to do is take a step and
0: they're on the court. Well, how, how about the protester on Saturday? We had two, right? We had two, but they got right behind Glenn Taylor in the wolves mm-hmm. bench and she sprinted out on the, the floor. The security guy was sitting right by her, saw what was happening and cut her off as she got onto the floor and tackled her. But the point, but your point's absolutely correct. Like, depending on what your intention is. Yeah, that can be.
1: Extremely yes. dangerous. What? Uh, th- th- this one didn't have a sign or anything. She just wanted to scream insults. Uh, yes. Yeah, suppo-
0: so so I got the press release. They supposedly wanted her to then like run on the floor and then go confront Glenn. Because he's sitting right there front row mm-hmm. by the bench. Uh, but as she got on the floor, the security guy was, was basically with her and tackled her. and then And then her friend who was videoing it from right behind those seats was escorted out. Mm -hmm. But she didn't go on the floor. Only one one wanted. And she had a, the protester had a referee shirt on. I think she was trying to, melt. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. Who knows? What are we mad at? We're killing chickens inhumanely. Yeah, I said so, so. Glenn had a chicken farm or something yeah, in yeah, Iowa. Egg farm, egg farm, egg farm, and the chickens got avian, got avian flu, and, and so they, they put them down in like. A, I guess what they do mm-hmm. is they turn the heat up in the room the chickens mm-hmm. are in until no. they basically die. Yes, and, and we're. Ma- I don't know.
1: I think they ought to use the Richard Ricey method to dispose of the chickens. What's that? You got a log out on the backyard. And then you got a kind of a hook nail. And then you put the chicken's head through it. Ow! And then you chop the head off. And then they run around the backyard. And it's that would be a lot of oh, chickens. Oh, the
0: protesters would go away
1: then. <laughs> that would be a lot of chickens, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. The old, oh. man, the old man would go to the farm. He'd go to him. He loved boiled chicken. I didn't like boiled. He loved boiled chicken. The old man would go to the farm and buy two chickens, bring them home in a burlap sack, right? So these weren't sick chickens. No, these were these were chickens he'd buy from a farmer, probably a buck for two of them or 50 cents or something. Yep. And they might sit in the burlap sack for a couple hours before he's ready, and then they'd chop that off, which is what everybody
0: did. Well, that's what, yeah. But I didn't know about the nail thing. Well, you got
1: to get the head, and You can't just... You know, you got, cause the heads, you got to get it. So the head ain't moving around. Right. Then you just do it. It's, it's, very merciful. Cause I think when they're running, they're already dead. Don't you?
0: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I think after you die, I think after people die, yeah, that, right. we can twitch you still a little twitch too. around a little yeah, bit. Right. Like, sure. like, like you don't go lights out all, all, no. all at once. Right. <laughs> you know what?
1: How much, what would you, let's say that's how you had to dispose of a <laughs> dispose of chickens. Yeah. What would you have to pay those guys an hour? To be the chicken chopper head or head?
0: Depends how chopping the chickens head off. Like if they're like perverted humans, they might do it for (laughs) For very cheap, for free, free. just to kill the chickens.
1: We we didn't do this for entertainment. I I couldn't do it. We didn't do this for entertainment. We did it for chicken. Yeah, you know, one of the big problems with chicken, it tastes too damn good. That's why we gotta raise them. Plus,
0: I do like chicken. They lay
1: eggs. Eggs is the greatest food ever, (laughs) right? Chicken eggs. Never been a better food.
0: That's true. Good omelets are outstanding.
1: Anything. Anything. You can do anything with an egg, and you can do anything with chicken.
0: You know what I think? I think Glenn Taylor should give you a new job in charge of spin for the chicken. They have the misfortune
1: of being the tastiest, most productive. Why don't we get mad that we? Well, a good cow's pretty tasty. You know this poor, this poor hen chicken. I do love prime rib. She goes through the trouble of. Why do they keep laying eggs? That's what I want to know. Why don't they just say the hell with this? I'm going to go through the agony of plopping out a couple of eggs, and somebody's going to come in and steal them. It's a really good question. I'm just not going to do it anymore. I don't think they're deep thinkers. So, Chicken strike? I, I don't think Why chickens, don't
0: they come to the games and protest? I don't know. I don't think they're deep thinkers, chickens. I don't think so. I, Why don't they come mm-hmm. to game five and protest themselves? The chickens. Yes. I need two tickets. <laughs> yes. But, sir, you're a chicken. <laughs> I need two tickets right behind the Wolves bench. They ought to get an old San Diego chicken uniform. That's what so. I said. Yes. I sent someone to know yes. to get Ted Gianolis back or whatever the hell his name was. Hey, the
1: San Diego, they don't still have a chicken, do they?
0: No, the I chicken has been. I know around. the the original chicken. Yeah, no, no, out. but they, I they I don't think they have had a mascot for years. That chicken had to be there thirty years, didn't he? Well, yeah, and originally he was the radio station chicken, and then he went out, and but then he went by went, himself, and then he went out, and, and, then, that, he would and then he went tour. Yeah, then he. I became think he came to Met Stadium
1: hundred. one time. Oh yeah, he went to minor league games all over the country yeah. too. He was
0: he nothing could beat the Loonie. I've always told Dave St. Peter, bring back the damn Looney Bird. I love that. the greatest, the you cheapest know, costume ever.
1: And used to be used to be picked on unmercifully by the, the youth, the the beer, I was, drink, I was, beer drinking, youth youth stealing I was his feathers and poking him. He ended up going uh, working on cruise ships instead. The guy that did the uh, Looney? The guy who did Twinkie the Loon. He he had some talent. I can't remember what it was, but he went to cruise ships. You got
0: to Google Twinkie (coughs) the Loon. It'll come up. It's the cheapest damn cost. Calvin, (laughs) that
2: thing must have been 13. I've seen this, yeah. This was
0: Don Cassidy. I think you got to bring it
1: back. They probably gave Cassidy eight bucks to do it. Oh, my gosh. Cassidy was the ticket manager, (laughs) promotions manager, and. Public relations, corporate guy. He had all three jobs. Now we got 700 guys doing
0: that, right? Oh, God. It's the greatest, though. He had them all. But how do you get the loon? And then they they would have that pathetic (laughs) loon call come through the old scoreboard. (laughs) Uh, It sounded like they were shooting the loon. Cassidy's proudest
1: achievement, though. Halter day.
0: Halter top day. I went to a couple of those. Halter top day. About
1: three, four years the 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 halters were worth twenty five cents a piece, right? Though no, there was not a lot of material. <laughs> the, at the entertainment,
2: day.
0: no, yes. the entertainment far more. Drunk young ladies on Halter Day were mm. hard to beat. Yeah. Sunday to afternoons, beat. yes, right. I was at a at least one of them. Well, I bet you were. As the, a, well, the
1: best were from the real early years when Halsey was on. Well, Halsey was on through seventy four, I believe, maybe through seventy three. Okay, but. They would have bat day. Yes. And for years, they gave out the bats when you. They yes. trusted the public. They gave out the bats when you entered the stadium. Oh, my God. So they gave away 20,000 bats, right? People. But they'd all pound Yes. up there in this. I've, and they I've would heard be, about this. They would be pounding above. Halsey's Halsey's radio booth. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. And Halsey would be grousey doing everything but swearing.
0: <laughs> and it was the metal stands, too. Yes, just so, yes, metal stands. So the rust came, would
1: be coming so you, up. Yeah. They'd be pounded. And and uh Ray Scott and Herbie would needle him unmercifully about it too and get him all riled up and he'd have his cigar going and and that was it, it was you couldn't go to the game on Halter Day because you wanted to listen to Halsey com- not halter day, bat day, because you wanted to hear Halsey
0: bitch about it. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, giving people bats as they walk. You you think about things that have changed, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Giving bats to people, yes. as, they people walk walk in, as they walk before, in. Before as they're going to as many of them will be or at least their parents will be consuming several Yes, bears. Right. Yeah. And that they
1: would draw the first few years. They drew huge crowds for bad day, huge crowds. And halter uh, top day.
0: What top. a what a product of the seventies.
1: Halsey, man, one of the great moments in Twins history. Night game in Anaheim. <laughs> night game in Anaheim. I'm for some reason listening to the radio, and but the games on TV too, and they show this couple. And Anaheim's got 12,000 people there, and they show this couple down in right field making out, you know, kissing each other. And he said, he said this, and I, I think it was accidental, but he kisses her on the strikes and she kisses him on the balls. Yep. He says, and Ray Scott and Herb Carneal did not get a better <laughs> description in for the rest of that half inning, and they were still laughing at the start of the next half inning. Oh, they God. could not speak. They would start, uh, you know, whoever it was, you know, whoever it was for... At, Bobby, not... That was before uh, Bobby Gretch, whoever. Billy Console, and then they just start <laughs> howling with laughter. It was unbelievable. Oh, and then Halsey started. Then, of course, famously... <laughs> the t- Halsey always had the cigar going, and they had the ticker tape in there. The ticker yep. tape would pile up and pile up, and he lit it on fire one day. Damn near
0: burned a, burned him. Yeah, in Chicago, death. someplace. He was the yeah. Com- <laughs> old Comiskey. Yeah, and he's going. Ah, ah, and he's he and you hear him stop. Blazer caught on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Oh God, what a character! What a character he was. They tell the story. You know, he was a the Miller's beat writer, mm-hmm. and yeah. And then he also covered the Gophers and stuff, and uh, but he'd go to the Miller's game, and then he'd go to he did the ten twenty sports on WCCO radio. Yep. And then he'd forget he hadn't written his game story, and he'd go to some bar and he'd be drinking, and they'd call him up and say, "Halsey, you haven't filed your story yet." To be like eleven fifteen at night or something. And <laughs> he would. Have, this is way before me, but half the time it was he was.
0: You know, he forgot. Did they just write it for him then, or did well, to
1: some? They use he the AP dictated? and say, "Halsey, give us three graphs, and we'll slap a six on top of that." He'd forget to write his gamer because he'd go uh, go drinking. You know, he was he was I'm, a little advanced age.
0: Then. We both said that guy has to be in the Twins Hall of Fame. Yes, has to be. He's in
1: the Minnesota Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, he has to be in the Twins Hall yes, of Fame.
1: Yes, what? You and you can't wait for him to be voted in.
0: No, it's never going to happen. No one knows no, who he is anymore. No, you have to. Just he died do when it. I was like seven. Yeah, but he was basically, as far as I can, he he was the media icon before Sid. He was Sid has his credit had
1: his critics, right? Yep,
0: for damn
1: good reason. But every Halsey was beloved, mm-hmm. beloved by everybody. But I mean, he was bigger than life yes. as far as those jobs went. And one reason was CCO he was on CCO and, you know, when TV was before TV and then when TV wasn't everywhere, they used to say that uh, they'd be flying airplanes yep. and they'd be in rural Overman or rural Minnesota and at 10.30 all the lights would go out at the farmhouses because mm-hmm. they were all listening to WCCO radio. Mm-hmm. Cedric Adams, who was uh, uh, the, the uh, afternoon star columnist, he could write some BS, I'll tell you. <laughs> he could write some nonsense, but uh, he was huge. He was the he was the news reader, and he he read the news on TV some too. But uh,
0: I didn't know he, he wrote. He was the
1: news reader, and I can't remember they had somebody do weather too. I can't remember who that was, but uh, yeah. Oh, Cedric Adams was he had an office. Sid told some stories about Cedric would have some visitors. Okay, of the female persuasion, <laughs> and. uh... There would be a lot of uh, it was Mad Men. It was uh, it was Mad Men back then. You know, he had an office, and, but he was huge. Oh, he'd he'd write he'd re basically recycle the same columns the- all year long. Like my hometown had all these crazy last names: Dorping mm-hmm. House and Oidle Oidle, and that whole area down there. And about once every year, he'd say he'd have a list of folder names to take up last names to take up. One of the graphs in his.
0: The old school columnist. newspaper columnist mm-hmm. is one of the most interesting jobs.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. We uh, When I was at the uh, St. Paul early on, they had a columnist they called Oliver Town, which was all over town. <laughs> came, and that went back years, but they had different Oliver Town columnists. You know, you would inherit the Oliver Town column. And that lasted through the 70s. But they had Gareth Hebert was the Oliver Town columnist, the last one, I believe. And there's famous stories about, you know, Gareth. Gareth would get himself a deal on some refrigerators (laughs) and stuff like that. There would be a columnist about a, there'd be a column about a refrigerator repairman and stuff like that, you know. So, or the Lexington would have, Several columns written about him during the course of a year. But the famous story that the editor stops him at the elevator and says, Gareth, Gary, everybody called him Gary. He says, Gary, we can't really run this one. And he says, Oh, okay. And he popped open his briefcase and handed him another one. <laughs> <laughs> He had like twelve. You're going to say quit? <laughs> no, he had about twelve, <laughs> in there and he just handed him another one. It was all over town. You know, he'd, <laughs> he'd meet somebody from St. Paul and write a column about
0: him. The you named know? columns were great. They were
1: yeah. What was the one of on them? That was the
0: The uh, Chicago Tribune had in the wake of the news. Yeah, yeah, that was for true. years.
2: That
1: was true. Yeah, David Condon wrote. It uh, was Condon. What was Condon wrote? That was before my time too. But yeah, they were they were. Well, the the New York Times, uh, Sports of the Times was, a, yep. was the Arthur Daly and those guys were, I think Dave Anderson when he first started was Sports of the Times. That was the, they had other columns, but the lead column right. was the Sports of the Column. And you didn't go out and write a lot of features. No, no, you, you didn't gave, go find a. You gave a hard opinion on. Yep. Uh, the, If you ever read, I should give it to you, Shirley Povich's book on column writing. But Shirley, I got to know him in his 90s, you know, and wrote a column on him during the World Series. Was sitting behind him at the Washington Post column, this guy from the South. So they Shirley is a male, can right. be a male name down there.
2: Right.
1: But, you know, Shirley was like being one of the most 100 influential women in America several times, you know, because they, they just knew the first name and stuff like that. <laughs> But he was, the Ripken game, the record-breaking Ripken game, he was sitting in front of us. He was sitting in front of me, and Wilbon was writing columns in and for the post and was sitting next to him. And I've told this story that one of the special Ripken balls comes back into the press box. It was right below me. It hit the 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 back. You know, it was an elevated thing, and it hit the back. Bounced down to the floor, bounced up. Landed right in front of Wilbon, on one of these special baseballs, and he looked and says, "This is for you, Mr. Povich. And he gave him the he gave Shirley the ball. Shirley had covered Lou Gehrig's uh, send off speech in oh my uh, July Fourth, so Shirley was, uh, you know, Shirley was had a Ripken ball, and he was at "I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth" speech in Yankee Stadium. But he was there's a wow. famous story about him. Uh, Like somebody asked, Shirley, what are you writing uh, for today or something? Because he'd come in in the afternoon and write for the next few minutes. What is ever in the news, young man? (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it was a little different. You didn't go out and look for an angle. You know, you just, you Hmm. know, commented nationally, locally. Right. For instance, you would now write a, without talking to anybody, you'd write about Buxton or you'd write about the... Timberwolves, or but you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't need input from anybody to right. do so. So, anyhow, what else we got? We got our wolves. Who do you? I have no idea. To are they going to get to a game seven? I think they probably will.
0: Don't you? I think the way things are going, yeah, yeah. But I think the uh, yeah, because I I think they might I lose think on the, Tuesday. When I think Friday. we I
1: think we will be complaining about the officiating Tuesday. That's my theory. That the Timberwolves are yeah, probably will be complaining I hate that it's going to be the other way around. I hate
0: that, though. Yes. I hate complaining about the officiating. Mm-hmm. It's equally bad. Yes. Yes. But yeah, I could see them, I could see the Wolves losing on Tuesday, win on Friday here, and then go, go back for game seven.
1: Our hockey team can't even lose to Nashville when Nashville has to win. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Fiala, what are you going to do with them? How much is he going to cost? Well, that,
0: that's the question. That's that the guy's going to have him 100 points. The question is... But is he in the 90s price, yet? His price tag. He's got 88 points, right? Yeah, I think he's got... Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah, I I believe that he... So he and Kaprizov have both established the single-season points mark now. Both have bypassed what Gabrick had.
1: What happened to him? We were down on him for 20 games, weren't we?
0: 25? Yeah, I don't know if was that... He's, you know, not he's a long. little bit up and down at times, but he, for the last two years, for the most part, he's been pretty phenomenal. Kaprizov's a different mm. world, but Fiala's been, de- and lately, Fiala's unbelievable. I think he has, what, Dex 10 goals in the last 10 games, something yeah, like that. ten points. Five upset. points the other night, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah, he had five assists. He, i mean he's making some, he's setting up some other guys. He had five too, assists right? against the uh, Kraken.
1: Mm-hmm. God bless the Kraken. Well, we can thank the uh, previous. Uh, Paul Fenton Paul Fenton. Paul Fenton for Fenton that and one. G-
0: and Gerson, 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 and Paul Fenton. Has Paul come back and had dinner in the press room yet? No, but I, I told in the you, media I saw room, I Game Gerson. three, I walked in. Who's standing right there? Gerson, Gerson. having dinner, walking so around. There gotta be a statue, you Gerson. <laughs> Let's build. Let's build that statue. Taking the uh, walk over to show
1: somebody from the Knicks. Our faci- are the Knicks jealous of our facility? Yeah,
0: I think it was uh, Dolan's kid, right? Okay, I think it was a Dolan family member who. Yeah, who who he took. A, well, he probably just was go. I mean, my my guess is if they're going to build something, who knows with the Knicks?
1: What you know? What this ain't a bad year to get through the first round in the West. Now Golden State's good. Yep, but can Draymond guard? cat this is as good a year and now it, phoenix is might not get by these guys cuz they got chris paul didn't score the last 42 minutes yep and and booker ain't coming back no soon. booker's not coming back so all of a sudden you know and then that that semifinal the other semifinal over there is dallas or uh utah mm-hmm. utah's not as good as they've been
0: utah's you know Not, what? This you know what outside 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 chance that this could be for the Wolves what 2003 was for yeah, the It Doesn't Wild. happen in the NBA too often. No, it doesn't. But, and Golden, but you're right. Right now,
1: Golden State, uh, you know, looks great. But
0: playing three guards, you know, can you figure out a way to take advantage of your height? I mean, they can. The Wolves can certainly win the first round. Like we we've yes. seen enough now. Yes. They can win the series. Mm-hmm. It won't be off the charts unbelievable if they do. But as long-term Wolves followers, none of us are going to run out to Vegas and bet on them. No, hell no. Because something bad, you would expect something bad well, to happen. Well, I guess my question is this. If Memphis gets what what they want, which is tighter officiating against the Wolves on Tuesday, yes, does Cat meltdown again? Oh, yeah. Because he'll get more fouls Tuesday. Yeah, then. yeah. But if yes. he melts down again, then, then you're probably just screwed. Yeah, then you come home and... It it will always
1: be remembered as the series you should have a three to one lead in, right?
0: Although I told Declan this, I said the thing about that is if they win, if they do what they should have done in Game Three, then they might not win. I I don't know. Game Four plays out like that. Cat does not play like he did in Game Four without the
1: without being insulted by everybody. Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, that's (laughs) the and this the Grizzlies. (laughs) I give them credit; they are tough. Like they, they, they hang in there. Yeah. They don't go away. No. they. Well,
1: in fact, they came and got it back to one point. Was, yes. What the hell are you doing here, fellas? Tyus had a shot to tie it, right? Yes, missed. And he's been making been most great. of them. He's been playing good. I like that. Yeah, that guy. All righty. Well, uh, Minnesota sports, very exciting right now. So, anyway, let's, right. let's see what happens. It's going to be a long spring with those wild, though. We'll do it again next week. All righty. If you have questions about your retirement savings, do what I did and work with a person that knows what the heck is going on. Uh, work with Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. My guy, Josh, will give you straight talk and not sugarcoated advice. Learn how you can benefit from Josh's focused approach by setting up your own no-cost, no-obligation 48-minute consultation to review your investments. Call Josh now, 952-925-5608.
2: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold?